Hey y'all, my name is Ann Wyatt. I started my career in workforce development with the state of Kentucky in 2010. That experience ignited a deep passion for manufacturing within me. I started this show hoping to raise more awareness around the bright outlook manufacturing careers have. Join me as I sit down with some of the manufacturing industry's most successful change makers and learn how they're partnering people with technology. It's time to give people more meaningful work. This is Workforce 4.0. Welcome, everybody, and thank you for joining in. I am really excited to have this conversation today because I am here with Lee Marshall, the CEO and founder of K-Tech Kids to Love in Madison, Alabama. And Lee has been the entire inspiration of my LinkedIn Creators program. So I, oh wow, I, I was awesome. yes, I was so <laughs> inspired by my visit when I was there a couple of months ago with Aaron Prather that I was like, we have got to do something to amplify mm. this cause in our industrial manufacturing community. Yeah, Absolutely, thank you. Thank you for coming in today, and I'll just give you a minute if you want to uh, take a second and introduce yourself for our audience here. Well, first of all, I have a quick question for you. You said Kentucky. What part of Kentucky? Ah, yes. So I uh, was born in Campbellsville, Kentucky. Okay. Okay. And then I went to uh, Western. Okay. Well, I graduated Murray State, so go racers. So uh, when you said Kentucky, that always gets, and hey, even got my Kentucky blue on today. But kids, a little bit about me, Kids to Love, we started this organization as a, uh, a nonprofit to meet the needs of children in foster care in 2004. And what we saw with our work was there was a huge need to intervene with children aging out of foster care. Between 75 and 80% of members of the juvenile justice system or prison system were former foster children. So we know what happens when we do nothing. So KTEC really was a solution that our team birthed to be able to target a demographic of these young people that maybe weren't cut out for a traditional college, didn't have the capacity or the support system to be able to achieve an associate's bachelor's degree or beyond. And we wanted to develop a short-term certification that we could uh, bring our students in, teach this, and then get them straight into work. And so KTEC is the only program that we have that not only supports youth aging out of the foster care system, but anyone in our community that needs this skill set. We do heavily look into what we would consider underserved or untapped resources, but we have had students that have been accepted into four-year colleges that didn't, didn't really understand yet which engineering path they wanted to go down. So they came to us for 16 weeks and they were able to really narrow their focus and then transfer their credits in to their um, continuing education. So I know that's, it, it, it's a little, it, it's a lot and a little bit, but hopefully we'll answer more questions uh, through the conversation. Absolutely. Yes. The idea of short-term credentials is so crucial right now with the skills gap as well. But before we get too far into the conversation, I do want to invite anybody that is joining us today. If you have any questions for Lee and if you, or if you just want uh, to say hi, pop that into the chat. And as we move through the conversation, I'll bring those up and uh, we'll try to get your questions answered for sure. But Lee, you know, I start every episode of Workforce 4.0. I'm a huge music lover. And I understand that you're a huge music lover. Mm -hmm. So I start every episode of Workforce 4.0 usually asking what my guest's favorite karaoke song is. But you're actually a, you, you've actually, you're an artist. You've got CDs. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't do a lot of karaoke. I don't really have a lot of extra time, you know, with two teenagers and, and, you know, changing the world one life at a time with everything that we're doing here. But yeah, I, I, music is a very important part of my life. I'm a singer and a songwriter. We've got a couple of projects out that really is a therapy for me. Excellent. What is, what is your all time favorite song? Oh my gosh. I don't know that I have one, you know, I, I mean, I don't even have one particular favorite genre. It, it really, for me is, is the mood I'm in. God, I, I, I don't know. And, 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 I, and I hate that sounds very indecisive, but I mean, I, I'll listen from everything from you know, contemporary Christian to country to 80s to 70s to, and depending if my girls are in the car, then, then I listen to, you know, Harry Styles or whoever the latest artist is trying to get tickets to see Taylor Swift right now. That's a priority in our house. So it really just depends on the mood and, and who's in the car, you know, but the other thing too, is a lot of times I just, I like the silence of no music so I can decompress and can think. Yeah. So uh, Z all the above, I guess, is the answer. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I, I can appreciate that as well. I don't think I'm with you. It depends on the mood, right? So kind of getting into more of the in-depth conversation here today, you've had an amazing career. You've been a journalist and you've got a couple of CDs as a music artist. Were there any experiences that you could share with us from your time in those roles that really played a huge impact on your mission to start Kids to Love in K-Tech? And if so, how did they play into your overall mission and your why behind founding K-Tech? So I'll, I'll start a little bit with the why. Um, I was born into foster care and was adopted by the age of two. And that really was my passion to start Kids to Love. And then I just shared how, you know, the, the need of K-Tech really, the need of meeting the needs of our kids aging out was really the catalyst that brought the vision of K-Tech that we were able to bring to life. As far as my careers, you know, I really believe that uh, God doesn't waste an opportunity. And I had an amazing 20-year um, run as a journalist, not only in our community, but in stations in Kentucky and also in Washington State. And what I learned along the way is to be a true journalist, you have to be a student of your community. You have to understand what drives the community, whether it's um, industry from a financial standpoint, individuals' passions, what, that, what matters to them, which is always family, uh, comes down to the core. And so as a journalist, it's really important that you know your community and know what makes up your community. And then from music, it's, you know, that's my outlet. That's always a great way to build relationships. It's a connector. A lot of times when, you, you know, when I meet new people and it's, it's awkward, you know, who, who do you listen to? You know, what's your favorite song? I mean, it is a great icebreaker. So to me, music really is a universal language, no matter what our preference is. Absolutely. And I kind of resonate with that as well, for sure. I have a short clip of Kids to Love in K-Tech. And as we're kind of going through the conversation and getting really more into K-Tech and what that program looks like, I think it would be helpful to share that with our audience. Is it okay if I go ahead and play that? 
your show. I'm just here for the ride. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let me go ahead and bring that up. And that way our audience has a better idea of the amazing work you guys are doing at KTAC. We are all trying to find the workforce for tomorrow, and I truly believe that's what they're creating here. Up many wonderful skills and been fortunate enough to be offered a job by Mazda Toyota. More people need to know about this opportunity. I believe in the vision of KTEC. I believe in helping students and putting students back to work. Really impressed, really impressed. A lot of thought has gone into this, a lot of study to be able to put together a program to teach people, you have to know even more about it than anybody else. But to my knowledge, I think KTEC is the only uh, nonprofit that is using this technology in this cutting edge ways. And this is a resource that is going to help them get on a career path that you know can help them help themselves there's a lot of love here there's a lot of things from the heart but they're actually taking people they're supporting them and then they're giving them skills to succeed in in, in our industry That was amazing. And there are. No, I love so that video. Many. Chris, our creative director, just killed it with that. So, yeah. Awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there are so many concepts in that video that you're working on with training, right? That we talk about when we're having these conversations surrounding Industry 4.0 and smart manufacturing. I think a huge part of what we just saw that's really interesting and that I don't think a lot of professionals in our industry are really thinking about right now is your applications for VR. So that's really exciting because that's something that, you know, we're talking about like connected worker technology and all that cool stuff. So that was, that was amazing. And thank you for sharing that with us. We've got a couple of comments here. I'll just bring those up really quickly. Jason Bean says, hello. Hi, Jason. Thank you for coming. Jason would be a great person for you to connect with. And then Renan says, very exciting video, right? <laughs> yes, it was. So thank you guys. Just another reminder, if you are in, watching uh, live today, just drop your comments for us, questions in the chat. So kind of giving, getting more into the conversation here, Lee, You've been really successful with KTEC in not only creating the necessary career pathways for foster children, but also working with 
local area employers on getting them placed in jobs once they graduate. And that video is such a good example of not only your process, but great testimonials from employers in our local area here in Huntsville. Do you have any pro tips on how you create these successful partnerships with employers? And were there any challenges that you faced in working with them that you had to overcome? Uh, the pro tip would be, you know, just like everything in life, it's all about building relationships. And it starts with, you know, one connection, getting them in the door, showing them what we do, understanding what they need to make sure that we're meeting the industry need. What was the second part of the question? Any specifics requested? No, I mean, I'm sorry, for over challenging, overcoming. I think if you looked up KTEC in the dictionary, the definition would be a challenge to overcome. This entire concept has been out of the box, innovative, that we're a disruptor in traditional education, advanced education. We are a disruptor in training for industry. And we like that. We like that we are in a space that no one else has been in from a short-term credential standpoint. And all of that comes with challenges. You know, early on, I had people, when I started sharing the idea and the vision of KTEC, you know, people said, oh, Lee, this will never work. This will only work if you, and then it would be something like align with a community college or, you know, do this through a, an established education facility. And we just felt very passionate that there was there was space for us to create new space with short-term credentials. And so what we really focused on was the quality of our technology to train our students on. Our students with, manu uh, with mechatronics, they actually test to a Siemens level certification, which is an international certification that's industry recognized. And so for us, it wasn't just giving them a skill set and a certificate from KTech. It was showing industry that they are ready to perform at this international credential of Siemens. So that was the seal that we wanted to aspire to achieve. And then when we added our robotics, it was the same thing. Oh, you'll never do this. And yet we are. See my friend. And soldering has been a great addition for us as we were strategically looking at KTech as a whole. Mechatronics was our foundational course. We still believe that is one of the most critical training spaces to prepare our students to work in advanced manufacturing. Uh, but you know, on the on the health and human services side with KTech, we've got a group home called Davidson Farms, where girls in foster care live with us. And historically, females are a lower student ratio than males in engineering. And that we do highly recruit for females because the opportunities are wide open for young ladies, but we also are realistic and especially looking at maybe some of the limitations or educational um, deficiencies that kids in foster care have being moved home to home and change school systems. It just puts them behind. And so I wanted to do something that specifically females could do in manufacturing with a short-term credential. And that really was what drove us to add our soldering class. Uh, because women have the um, ability, you know, the attention to detail, we're great crafters, there's, there's stitching and knitting and all of those things that you do with your hands. All those skills are translatable and transferable to soldering. And, and our female students have really soared in that space. So for us, it really, the whole thing has been a challenge. I cannot tell you, there's more people that said, Lee, this will never work than those that said, yes, it will. But now we are in our sixth year uh, 300 certifications. And for us, we look at that as 300 lives changed. It's not just a certification. We are changing a life. 
And um, 100% completion rate for us, it's not about butts in the seat going into a class. It's about selecting students that we feel will be successful in our program. And we also feel like that we can help them be successful in the program. And so that may mean that a class is not a capacity, but for us, we are picking students that can be successful in our pathway. So it's it's changed completely our, our vision and our overview of how we approach learning, business and business relationships K-Tech really is different in all those levels. That's amazing. So when you were designing the class curriculum for K-Tech, and forgive me, this is an ad hoc question here, but when you were designing that curriculum, what inspired you to really consider the short-term certifications? And was this something that, you know, when you originally presented this idea to the local area employers that they were really accepting of or you know what was what was that process like so when we when we found mechatronics originally we connected with a dear dear friend of mine who was just in yesterday from tennessee keith hamilton who at the time worked at bridgestone and a mutual friend connected us and he shared with us what they were doing at bridgestone in partnership with motlow community college and the late Fred Rasco there, he was a phenomenal mentor to me. And so Keith and Fred really were the ones that kind of took me under their wing. And so we took a site visit to Motlow several different times to see and understand what they were doing. Again, you know, Motlow is a, is a community college, so they would have associates. And, and, but Fred and Keith really would have those conversations with me of, you know, we're not going to teach the basic English and the basic math classes that are necessary to get an associate. We just want to be on the skill side, a short term credential, because, again, we didn't feel like anyone was doing that. So after we um, spent a lot of time with them and I really understood the ins and outs of mechatronics, I then took a year and uh, visited a lot of manufacturing companies in our community. And I said, if I could bring students to you that had this skill set, could you hire them? And there was one plant manager and he said, Lee, I have a stack of business degrees from Alabama. I'm not discounting that, but that's not what I need in manufacturing. I could put students with the skills you're talking about on the floor today. There's not enough in this industry. And of course, this was several years ago. This was before Mazda Toyota had even been announced in our community. So we knew that the need was great. So after I did the research with Motlow and Bridgestone and understood um, their need and their focus on workforce and then brought that information back to our community and did the research, you know, then all I had to do was get a building and half a million dollars worth of equipment to launch it. So, you know, we we knew that we had vetted the vision and we did the research, we knew the vision was viable. At that point, we just had to bring the vision to life. That's amazing, such valuable information too, because I think as we move along in advanced manufacturing, industry 4.0, smart manufacturing, all of that good stuff, I mean, it's becoming more and more clear that short-term uh, training is in high demand. And this is, this is just such a cool thing that you've, managed to see that and really practice that listening to your local area community and build it. Mm -hmm. I think that's where the journalists came in, you know, as, as a researcher, you know, I, everything that we do here, both on kids to love and K-Tech side, 
everything is is researched and really statistic based. And then what I see is opportunity in in grim numbers. So, you know, for instance, if 75, 80 percent of members of the juvenile justice system are in prison, to me, that's an opportunity. How do we become proactive instead of reactive? And so that really becomes our model and brain set of how we develop specific programs. We are very intentional um, because, like I said earlier, we know what happens when we do nothing. And so at KTEC and Kids to Love, we're about the business of doing something. Absolutely. And it's clear that you're meeting those needs of the local area industrial workforce. Um, as technology shifts and changes, as we begin to have more digitalization in manufacturing, digital transformation, all those hot buzzwords, right? How do you plan with KTEC's current curriculum, how do you plan to adapt that to meet those new and incoming digital skills? The exciting thing about KTEC is I think that we are actually leading the charge for advancement. We have one of the largest robotic training labs in the state of Alabama. And, and it's important for me to mention everything we have here is um, independently funded uh, from the local community donors, grants. We as an organization carry zero debt and we don't take any state or federal funding. So we were able to put in a state-of-the-art robotics lab thanks to the generosity of a donor that saw the value of our service that said, I like to invest with you because I can instantly see the difference that my dollars make by putting it with you and the lives that are being changed. The other way I think that we are leading um, in, in a big way as far as innovation and the next level is through VR. We introduced VR to our um, K-Tech curriculum as really an add-on bonus during COVID to try to um, make sure we didn't have any disruption in the classroom. I mean, we, we had zero disruption uh, on Friday when the governor shut the state down with COVID. Monday, we were virtual. So we had no disruption at all. Our team was prepared and ready. So we brought in VR as an add-on to be able to give our students safe technology to learn in while distanced. And so what started as a COVID component of being creative to still be able to teach has turned into what I feel is one of our uh, next most important things. Our team has actually written a VR curriculum. We have students in that we are teaching them in our uh, VR academy, how to build sets and sounds in virtual reality. If you look at DOD and healthcare, that is so prominent right now. And the great thing that I love about VR is VR is a safe place to fail. We have got access to, for instance, uh, at Mazda Toyota, they do a robot paint of the cars there. Well, we have, uh, thanks to the partnership with AIDT and Transfer VR, we have access to robot paint, which is exactly what they utilize at Mazda Toyota. So we're able to prepare today's workforce while they're still here. And to paint a car with a robot and oops, I got it on the window. Well, guess what? You just hit restart in VR and it really helps to hone the skills. And what we're seeing is this next level of learner, our younger student base, they absolutely love learning in VR and the retention rate is about 75%. And so when we, when we first started introducing virtual reality as an add-on for labs and in the classroom, Every day the students came in, are we going to be in VR today? 
And so we knew that they were excited about it. They were excited about learning. And the interesting thing is they're learning and they are having fun while they do it. Uh, and, and that is a, a skill set that's employable with a certification. We had two students that graduated from our class in May from our VR Academy that got paid internships this summer with local defense contractors. And so again, it goes back to building those relationships with local companies because we never wanna offer a certification just to offer a certification. We wanna offer a certification that's an opportunity and a gateway straight to industry and to jobs. And that's also having those consistent conversations with the industry to see where they are, see where they're headed, so we can always be the leader in that because we're never gonna follow. I love that so much. That was a, such an amazing answer. And you really answered how, you know, virtual reality is not only making it fun, right? It's also creating this buzz and this excitement that sometimes we talk about lacking maybe, or, you know, manufacturing not being as excitable and as attractive as a career. So that's, that's some great input. Renanen has a good question here. Do you think that small class mentoring style is key to the success of the program? It seems like yet another difference between your model and more community college-based approaches. I do think our small class is, is a critical piece of it. I also think another piece that we provide at KTEC is we provide what we call Life Lab. And every Tuesday, we bring in um, industry experts across our community. We teach everything from healthy lifestyle, healthy eating, exercise, resume writing, public speaking. We do strength finders with our students so they can help identify what they're good at. So many, and especially young people aging out of the foster care system, they've only been told what they're bad at. We want to change that perspective. And, and when you do strength finders and you're able to say, oh my goodness, you're a fantastic communicator. No one ever told me that. You know, and, and that also then translates to help build the resume because now we know what their strengths are. So we help build a resume. We help them with public speaking. They actually do mock interviews and interviews with the company during Life Lab before they ever graduate the 16 week program. So it really is a holistic approach of not only the technical technology that we're teaching in the classroom, but also the, the basic life skills, you know, how to make a budget, how to balance your budget, how to live on a budget. It, it's a holistic approach. And I believe that all of those components, you know, any one of them is important and critical or we wouldn't do it. But all of that together really is a success for our students to break that statistic and become a success story. Absolutely. And it's really attributing to, I'd imagine, higher retention rates as well, right? If you're really giving them the support to stand on their own, then you know they're going to be successful. So well, you know, it, it goes back to those relationships and, you know, we want to be able to recommend a good quality worker to workforce. We want to be able to deliver them someone that when we say, hey, they came through KTEC, that's a standard. And as we build relationships with industry, they know what they're going to get when they hire from KTEC. Absolutely. And I like that you're creating your own educational standard, right? Um, that's amazing. Jason's popping back into the chat. He says, love the program. I see how this could be applied to help autistic kids coming out of school. It's interesting. What do we, you think? We've that, actually, you ever thought of, about that? Yeah, we've actually had a student that had autism 
And, you know, we do not shy away with any limitations or special things like that. It really comes down to a case by case basis and, and where they fall in the interview process and the testing and things like that. Our students that had autism, when they first came to us, they were unable to pass the math portion. And so we gave them resources and told them where their deficiencies were. And we said, you know, if you will work hard on these deficiencies and come back and try again. And this person did. And they are employed uh, successfully. And a couple of years ago, they were named like employee of the year for their company. And his autism was mild. I mean, I want to be realistic with that. But it was a daily struggle. I mean, it was, you know, his parents would drive him and pick him up. But the parents to see their son thriving and the self-esteem that that gave Austin has been revolutionary. You know, we're not a fit for everyone, even even those maybe who don't have needs that would need special accommodations, because we're not going to be the fit for everyone. And we're okay with that. But the ones that we feel we can help, we're going to do everything we can to support them so they can become success in our program. That's amazing. And such a great, you know, a great way to describe it, right? I mean, it's, again, going back to that very grassroots level, this is, you know, an individual case by case basis, right? And really assessing the human behind the student, so to speak. So I, I love that. And I appreciate uh, your answer and your thoughts on that. I think we have time for one more question, if you have a few minutes uh, to sure. answer. Okay. I titled this episode, The Story of K-Tech. Again, this is the first in what I'm hoping as a three-part mini-series where I get to talk to Carl next week, hopefully. Yeah, um, Carl with a K. He's awesome. <laughs> he is awesome. He is awesome. So I'm looking forward to that. But can you share with us what your initial mission was for the school and compare that to where the school is today? And do you have any pro tips for those that are listening today on how they can create or work with their community in a similar way. Because again, I think, you know, with everything kind of coming down from DOL and the government and everything, I think we're really going to see a big surge in short-term mm -hmm. training. Our initial mission was to uh, make, uh, to train employable skill set in a short-term credential. And we have stayed true to that mission. We have grown our programs. Uh, we've grown our offerings, but our mission to train employable short-term skills for those really in our community that wouldn't have an option otherwise, that has not changed. And so as far as tips to do this in your community, it's not been easy. I am very thankful that we have a generous community. Huntsville is a place that welcome. I mean, we've Werner von Braun came here. You know, I mean, we are we are known for uh, doing things out of this world, literally. And so, I, you know, I, I'm not going to say it couldn't happen anywhere in Huntsville, but I'm just saying for us, Huntsville was the perfect place for us to launch something so out of the box. We have so many engineers in our community, which has been a fantastic resource to pull for our instructors. Um, our instructors are critical in the success of this. Chris Dow, our lead instructor, is you know an engineer by degree with many, many years experience. Uh, Carl with a K, even though he has a music degree, he is phenomenal in virtual reality and connecting with our students. Ed Bruner, who has been with us since day one, that without Ed, K-Tech would not be K-Tech. 
Um, he has done everything from written curriculum to taking on uh, virtual reality. I mean, Ed is just a, a cornerstone with us. And then Keith Laney, who is our latest instructor that we've added, actually has taught workforce in other places, but came to us directly from industry, 12 years in industry. So for us, that really gives us a strong bench of instructors that bring a diverse background. And then we have several other contract instructors that we bring in as needed that also have um, four-year engineering degrees. So the quality of our instructors to me really is the cornerstone of this program being successful. And as far as um, other people doing it in the community, you know, I, I never want to be a naysayer. I just got to tell you, you know, I had so many people tell me, Lee, this will never work. And, and what I like to say is, would you come and tour what would never work? And then you come and see, and I'm like, okay. So I, I'm always encourage, encouraging to other visionaries, entrepreneurs, but I just want to be realistic of it has not been easy. It has been extremely hard, but, you know, when we have uh, young person after young person finish their certificate, they get certified in robotics, they get certified in soldering, they get their certification in solid edge, virtual reality or mechatronics. I mean, that's a life that's changed. And so that really is, I feel like we pour our cup daily into the classes and the students and that can be draining. But when they finish and accomplish something that may be the first time they've ever accomplished anything in their life at that level, maybe they're the first one to ever go to, a, a, you know, their parents never went to college. They may be the first ones to even graduate high school, let alone cons consider, you know, advanced education. We're breaking life cycles and generational changes. I mean, we're accomplishing major things here, one certification at a time. Yeah, I mean, it's incredible. I'm coming from a workforce development background myself and working for the state in, uh, in Kentucky while I was there and knowing the process of what it takes to facilitate all that it takes to facilitate everything, like job, anything from job fairs to coordinating with the employers to coordinating with your partner agencies. I mean, there are so many moving pieces of the will. And mm -hmm. for you to just do that without any type of, just on your own, you know, any type of support from government agencies and just say one day, you know what, we need to develop a training program and then just go for it <laughs> is incredible. Yeah. We went all um, in. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, you did. And it shows, it shows in the work that you're doing there and the facility itself is incredible. So okay. you just had a quick question at what age do the adults age out of foster care there? And that's, I would not know, but I bet Lee does. Yeah, a 21 is the age in Alabama. If students stay in college, they can continue to get support until they're 25. 25, they're completely off of any um, kind of support. But again, that's only if they stay in college. So yeah, 21. But you know, a lot of children that when they turn 18 or 19, they decide to emancipate. And so they leave they they're they're able to self-select to leave the system even earlier i hope that answers your question carl and i appreciate that because that is the perfect that's the perfect lead question absolutely <laughs> so i appreciate your time today this has been such a good conversation for me and i'm learning so much i'm hoping that everybody that joined today if you guys were able to catch lee i hope that you enjoyed and learned as much as you could as well again this has just been i'm i'm still a little 
starstruck over here. So I really, I just appreciate And thank you for including today. us and, and letting us tell our story. We, we appreciate the opportunity and the platform and your energy and enthusiasm to help us get our story out. We believe that we're a story that needs to be told nationally. And, and we think that there's other people that um, are serving key demographics across the United States that could benefit from our program. And we hope to be a role model to, to help guide because, you know, when, they, when you're doing something that there's no playbook and you're writing it day by day, it's hard and sometimes discouraging. And so we just want to be an encourager and, and hopefully a, a beacon to say, this is absolutely doable. It's going to be hard, but it's achievable. Absolutely. And if anybody that's joining today also has any questions for you or wants to connect with you, what do you suggest the best way for them to uh, go about that? So they can visit us. I'm, I'm on LinkedIn. You can connect with me, Lee Marshall on LinkedIn. Also, our website is goktech.org. And my email is lee, L-E-E, -E, at gokatech.org. So it's super simple. Feel free to shoot me an email, connect with me on LinkedIn. We also have industry pages, both KTech and Kids to Love. And, you know, so connect with us however you prefer to connect. Absolutely. Well, Lee, it has been an absolute pleasure. I know we're over time. I know you're super busy. So I will, I will let you go, but thank you to everybody that tuned thank in so and much. thank you, Lee. It's been amazing. Thank we'll you. We'll see you guys next see week you later. and catch hopefully Carl with a K, right? Yes. Carl with a K. He'll be here. Absolutely. Thank you guys. Mm -hmm.